innovation is in our veins. Soon the whole world will know our names. Sharing our knowledge, the freedom reign. We here for the people, you know it's our way. Setting foundations is part of the dream. It doesn't matter if you're new to the game. Listen up now, cause we all gon' say, Ugh. Elevate, 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 higher. Elevate, 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 higher. We gon' rise up. We all gon' shine, work through adversity, stay on the grind, elevate, elevate, this is our time, elevate, elevate. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast, everyone. It's so great to have you all on one more time. It's your boy, Josh. Dalton. And who the heck is that beside him? <laughs> Gee. Woo. We have a visitor with us, but he's just kind of, he was in town. He's like, hey, can I crash the podcast for an episode? And I was like, sure, why not? <laughs> I mean, man, this is my third time here. Third time's a charm. Yeah, I guess that, make, that solidifies you. I'll be your charmer now. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Not another white guy on the podcast. Oh, oh, no. I think there's four of us now oh, in the gosh. same room. I don't think that's allowed We're in Canadian law man. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh man not the Canadian law. oh no we don't want that so no it's great to have you all on we are going to be kind of chatting through a variety of different things tonight specifically things are going on with banking systems in the states and how it's going to kind of breach up here a little bit and we're going to get into some uh, provincial politics stuff which there's some spice being dropped and so as i said reg is here just because he was in town he wanted to stick because around he's here he wanted to add a voice and uh, he's fun to talk to so it was like yeah i guess may as well you're here Bring you on. <laughs> Nothing special here. We're just here to have the the, the talks. So we're going to keep this flow going. Thank you all for joining. Don't forget that we do have a Thursday episode if you are interested in joining and uh, being part of our membership. We'd be love to have you. We'll be talking about home. Oh, my gosh. Remind me again. The FHSA. What the heck is even that? <laughs> what the heck is the even first that? first time homebuyer savings account. Boom. Exactly. That's We'll be getting into that for Thursday's episode. So looking forward to having you over there. But today, let's get into some drama. We got Tim Houston, who's like, hey, Trudeau, oh. you suck. <laughs> we, uh, our, our, our premier of the uh, premier of Nova Scotia just came out and uh, shots fired to the federal government. So we have a video here. We'll ha play that out and. I love it. I'm we'll jump guy. right into it. This is like yeah, he's getting right into it about how we can try to green our grid here oh. in in Nova Scotia and how essentially the federal government's not doing anything to help us. So, but they'll carbon taxes to death. That's what he said. So, all right, let's go. Let's see. Okay, Timmy. Timmy Timbits. <laughs> That's a good name. This week, a Scottish company named Sustainable Marine that has been active in Nova Scotia and specifically active in the communities around Digby for the last few years posted a small notice on the bulletin board in Robichaux's general store. A small notice with big ramifications. Sustainable Marine, the company that has been producing energy from the tides of Digby, is packing up and moving on. Tidal power holds so much potential for Nova Scotia. Tapping into the power of the tides around us has the potential to change our economy and ultimately make Nova Scotia a leader in clean, green energy. The work Sustainable Marine has been doing is incredibly important for our province and really for our country as Nova Scotia has the potential to produce massive amounts of the clean, green energy that the world needs. Why then is Sustainable Marine packing it in? Well, the federal government shut them down. The federal department dragged its feet so long that the company is leaving. It's ridiculous. This is a massive blow to the tidal industry in our region and a massive blow to moving Nova Scotia and the country towards a greener grid. Shame on the federal government. You likely know from the media that the federal government is excited about reaching into your pocket and taking your money in the name of a carbon tax. This carbon tax will cost you more, but does little to protect the environment. 
yet when faced with real opportunities to make a meaningful, positive change, like tapping tidal power to the green energy grid, an opportunity like the one Sustainable Marine is creating, it's shut down. It makes no sense. I stand against the carbon tax. I stand with the real opportunities of the tidal and wind energy that can truly green our grid and transform our economy in a very positive way. Where do you stand? I know. Wow, what an icon. Yeah. Oh. He really did that. Did he tag him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's tagged in the comments. So I, I saw oh, this yeah? the other night. Oh. And I, uh, limited, oh, not no. he didn't, but in the comments, people uh, are like, Justin P. Trudeau. Like, oh, oh nice. I gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So I saw this the other night and sent this to Josh. And I was like, Oh my God. And I was like, Tim came after <laughs> JT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. The, uh, the companies are kind of talking about essentially the, well, that's technology we've been trying to get going in this province for a long time and yeah. trying to get funding for, because we've talked about it time and time again, uh, tidal energy, wind energy are huge, could be huge staples in this province and mm -hmm. it's part of the world and be self-sustaining yet what would do you understand what the reasoning was of like what was the federal government's role and what happened here i don't know what the federal government's role is this because i actually like try to look it up a little bit later and it's kind of convoluted <laughs> um, so go yeah. figure yeah uh, <laughs> there's no government employees to help me <laughs> <laughs> Get them all. Yeah. but anyway um basically the the idea with tidal power in in uh the bay of fundy is like if you put something in stream, it's going to get eaten because the the strength, the sheer force of the waves are just like taking everything out. So what they're doing that's interesting in Digby was actually looking at smaller generation of, of uh, tidal power that actually could be viable. And then for it to be shut down, is like it actually is exactly what he said. It's a huge blow to the economy because like you look at provinces in the country that focus on energy like you have quebec with hydro quebec that pulls in you know billions yeah. in revenue you look at how well uh, alberta did with their energy sector like that's where nova scotia needs to go they need to get into energy they need to get in um quickly and into green energy because that's the that's the meal of the day right now so right. anyway so yeah he's right it, it is a huge blow and it's it's kind of a lost opportunity if they don't get behind it mm -hmm. so i was when i saw that i was just like good for you <laughs> I also love the strategic. Is his office always right here? Because yeah. like the waving Canada flag is like <laughs> incredible in the background. It's like how patriotic. Like yeah, um, someone loves this country. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, no, but uh, it's interesting that uh, so Marine is it Marine? What was the name of the company? Sustainable Marine. Sustainable Marine. Um, is that the only location that they specifically operate? Because I know there's others around Nova Scotia, right? Is that the only one that they specifically operate as a company? I understand, like they were looking to expand, I believe. Yeah, they started right. Here, they so want, yeah. So they're they've got now a sour taste in their mouth. Like this, they won't expand now, basically. Well, that's just been the mantra of uh, this government since the day one: is the amount of people who've been wanting to in invest in Canada and just said the yes, yeah, sour taste dealing like, with the government is they, brutal. Yeah, yeah, and. It, I'm sure it's not cheap to do what they're doing. So why wouldn't, like, it's a business. They're going to go somewhere where they can be respected, grow. What question then, I'll put it at both of you, mm. is why do you think the government has made it so hard for private investment, for even for things that the government's stated they're on board with, with the green economy? Like, why do, you, why do you think this is, they keep dragging their feet on stuff? I don't know if it's so much dragging their feet. Like, in this case, because um, I know from environmental law that, like, federal water, or federal jurisdiction is on water right so right you know so many feet away from the shoreline that becomes federal jurisdiction and that's where your tidal power is happening 
So it's like, if they're just not mm-hmm. getting things pushed through and they're just taking forever and they're not prioritizing this because they've got too many other things to worry about, which may or may not be priorities, um, that's probably what happened is what I'm guessing. So I could be totally wrong, but I would say that it's probably some some jurisdiction stuff where they have to get lawyers involved and figure out like, can we put this thing in the water? Is it going to disrupt fish habitat and yada, right. yada, yada. And so like, cause that seems to be like the major block for a lot of energy projects in the country is like, you have so many layers of regulation and consultation and things to go through. And in some cases it's warranted. And in other cases, it's just like, you have to think about the trade-off here. Like Nova Scotia runs on coal, one of the dirtiest energy forms that you can, you can go with. And you're looking at something like clean energy. It's like, you know what? Like if a couple fish habitats are the de- like destroyed, that's the trade-off for the energy. Like there's no way you're going to get energy that doesn't have a trade-off. Like, and that's the unfortunate thing is like people will protest and they'll sit in their homes with the air conditioning going and the lights on and be like, that's just terrible. We shouldn't have that. And it's like, <laughs> well, where do you think the energy you're getting right now comes from? It comes from coal fire. And how do you think that affects the environment? It's horrible it's horrible to human health it's horrible to the health of the environment but people don't seem to think about that because it's already there right and it's also that nimbyism right mm. well, we, oh, we're yeah. not in cape breton we're not the coal at the duncan coal mine we're not in canso watching it you know be burned and then billowing out in the sky so we don't care and <laughs> isn't there an observable um difference in people who live near say canso for example uh, of of like their breathing, oh yeah, asthma, COPD, things like that. Yeah, it, it's observable. It's it's cancer. It's respiratory issues. Um, yeah, it's actual life expectancy. Like it's just it's horrible. So. And so then it's like fish or humans, you know, like what what's the yeah you're okay. You know, it's so so strange that well it, it's it's what I said. It's a trade off, right? Yeah, it's like what trade off are you willing to accept? And ideally, yeah. you say whatever trade-off has the lowest impact on people, the planet, and, you know, the pocketbook too. Because mm-hmm. that unfortunately comes into play. You, there's no way around it. So, you know, okay. when you think about that, it's like, okay, we have, to, we have to balance that with the fact that, you know, we are currently running on a system that isn't sustainable. So how do we get there? Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to make some tough choices. Right. But... Yeah, it was. Uh, it reminds me back to you know we just released a clip today about the ESG mm-hmm. comment we made a couple mm-hmm. of episodes ago, and a comment someone made is like, "Wow, of course these guys are always talking about how, <laughs> you know, uh, like they always go back to the electric car debate. You know, what's what, what what's the life cycle of electric car? You're acting like you're not acting like as if you're pres- giving us any solutions of how to move forward. And I'm like, I'm giving there. There's all kinds of ways we can make money. All kinds of ways we see. All kinds of ways we can sustain our economy. And at the same time, still do well by the environment. What we're doing right now is not good. We are using more destructive forces to, you know, feign green when we're actually not doing those things. And that's the issue I have in general, specifically with the electric car situation. I'm a little, as well, the solar panel debate too, is the amount the minerals that have to be, have to be mined for these things. Like, these are things I want us to start having a conversation around. It's like, anyway, is there any way we can work around not having to destroy our planet in order to make it better? Is yeah, that my question? Right. Right. And anyways, I got off track of why I asked the question in the first place. Because <laughs> we talked about, you know, I'm kind of asking why the government keeps giving us a hard time or give industry a hard time when it's tends to not be their idea at times. I don't know. I understand what's going on there. I know you brought, we talked a little earlier today, Reg, where we were discussing how 
the government will pay tons of money for consultants, but not give their full-time employees much. Mm. That, you said that, right? Yeah, that is. Yeah. Well, why, why do you think that's the case? Why do, they keep, why do you think they keep strategizing that way? I think there's just like a lack of trust in their own employees. I, I really do. I think that, you know, they look at it and they say, well, we'll just send it to a consultant. They'll have it done within a certain timeline. We know that we can expect it. And we hold them like contractually liable to have this done at this point in time. So I think there's an expedience to it. And I think that there's just like a lack of good faith in in the public service. And I think that we're seeing that right now mm. from the public with the, um, the protests that are happening because I sent you that today. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Timbits thrown at them. Yeah. yeah. It was, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Like They were. I noticed I drove down, uh, I guess it's Cogswell maybe. I'm not sure. Anyway, I come up toward Barrington by Scotia Square, and they had roads blocked today. Like They yeah. were blocking streets. I thought, uh that's 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 a development. That's new. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And people aren't happy about it. Like people aren't really warming up to the protests. And the, on one hand, I'm like, I totally get it. Like everybody should have a fair wage. Um, on the other hand, when you read like some of the things that were proposed, proposed like a nine percent wage increase, yeah. I'm like nine <laughs> percent. I've fallen more into your category where like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I was like, I get it. Like my 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 thesis or my theory was. If I'm watching the federal government give themselves raises, bonuses, things like that, I want to I want a slice of the cake too. But I looked into what the slice of cake they wanted is, and now I'm like, no, now you're disrupting my day, and I don't like what you're asking for. Yeah, because they're looking for a nine percent raise increase with work from home, and like <laughs> that's I, the kicker. And like that's the part that I have a problem with. Like, yeah, I I like having a flexible workspace. Right, right now I'm a researcher, so I get to work from home part of my week and then work from the office the other part of the week and it's great but at the same time i'm not handling people's private personal information and like what's to say you know donna sue isn't at home you know doing her thing and you know has somebody's private information up and her husband comes by and looks at it and reads it and he's got you know access to somebody's yeah. private information the, we talked like, about that on the show when i called cra she the the call says the person you're talking to is working from home and using a personal mobile device, and I was like, and then she asked for my sin, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, what if you have a nefarious person in your home that was listening? What if you're on speakerphone? I just gave my sin birthday and my address. You, that's all you need. Yeah, for identity theft. And what if yeah. it's not even the person being nefarious, but like just not secure, just not good with data security? Yeah. Either way, I don't want yeah. other people to know that information. Yeah. Someone made that point online on an Instagram post about it, and they said no one who was handling sensitive information was working from home. And, I, of course, I didn't have it in me to go back and forth with this person on the Internet about how I literally had that lived experience <laughs> of that happening. And I was like, they really just want to work from home. Yeah, that like this is that's a a much larger portion of the strike than I think I gave merit to in the beginning. They really want to work from home. Yeah, I've talked to a few people who are kind of involved uh, to some degree, uh, whether they're working within the union or they're kind of higher up in some of these right. roles and kind of understanding more what's going on. One thing that came up was when they kind of asked by asked they demanded everyone come back to work, uh, which essentially got these debates going and mm. got this protest going in the first place. Was the reason why was because Ottawa's downtown was suffering. Right. Yeah. And that's why they wanted all the workers back. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, the Canadian government's the number one employer in Ottawa. And uh, and that's kind of what they're asking them to come back to offices. And people are just like, bro, we know why you're doing this. And this is stupid. 
but you know, we always love to feign this for the small businesses when it's uh, when it matters to you. Yeah. But it's always interesting. The reason why I'm continuing to ask like these types of questions though, is this is my theory is that I think the reason why the federal government keeps kind of dragging their feet on these types of projects, if they're not directly involved, Keystone, that type of thing is I think they're trying to seize the means of production. Trying to keep private industry, trying to keep down private industry as best as they can if they can't control it mm. and giving them a hard time. That's just the theory based right. on what behavior I'm seeing. I don't think so. I, I completely disagree because I think about like back in the day when you had things like, um, was it Petrocan that was a state owned oil company mm-hmm. and they sold it off? Like, I don't think that they want control of private industry. Oh, they already do it today. You're, okay, so go Te- ahead. Yeah. I mean, let's, we'll take, for example, uh, America, the US government working hand in hand on Twitter before Elon took it over. They're not. They're not used. They're not like government-owned things anymore. But it's more so how they can control corporations with the with the law now, and now kind of having a partnership and using the cover of a private industry so that people can't give them a hard time about it. Well, it's a business. We can't, you know, demand them do X, Y, and Z things. Okay, question back for you. Yeah. To what purpose? You're saying that government is interfering with private business, not necessarily taking them over, but mm-hmm. through legislation. For what purpose? Uh, control ultimate control that they can essentially kind of take it back to a, a comment that Justin made before he became prime minister, right? He loved the Chinese basic dictatorship. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Because they could switch their economy on a dime is what he said. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of part of this is every business in China has to report back to the communist party in some way, shape or form. Uh, and I think that's the type of control they're looking for. Again, I don't have any proof of that, but by behavior and a trend and theme I'm seeing, I'm I'm open to that theory being true. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a hardcore believer in it, but I'm like, it's it, it's plausible. Yeah, I just don't know if they're, I don't know if they're that nefarious. I I just I don't know. But I what I think though is I think that there is a degree of control that they want to exert so that they can keep themselves in power. Yeah, and if you control like where jobs are made, where investments are made. And if you have an, a riding that, you know, might not be doing so well, and then you can come in and be the savior with like the jobs and the, and the investment, then I think that that would definitely like kind of signal some, some goodwill towards people and hopefully translate into votes. But when we saw that happen kind of with Alberta, it kind of crashed and burned because when you mentioned Kiso next pipeline, like, that was Justin Trudeau's hell married to Alberta being like, look, we saved the pipeline. We bought it. <laughs> and for an exorbitant amount of money against the, the minister's like explicit um, uh, advice. advice not to buy it. They yeah. said, we will never recoup the cost from this. This will never become profitable in our lifetimes if we paid this amount of money for it. We'll, we'll just never recoup that. They're like, that's okay. We're going to buy it anyway. <laughs> and, and Biden came in and said, <laughs> yeah. goodbye. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. No, that's fair. I think coming back to another question, which is another second theory, which is more another plausible situation, because something we talked about when it came down to something that happened in the South Shore here in Nova Scotia was the, the politicking that's going on between premiers and the federal government mm-hmm. and prime minister. Getting you know, a title company really starting to get something going for energy here in the province would be a huge one for the conservative government here. Yeah. Justin's like, I can't give you that win. 
Do you think that could be a part of it too? I would, I would oh. definitely be more willing to lean that way. Yeah. Um, especially just because when you see a conservative government in power and a conservative provincial government, suddenly money flows, suddenly things are happening. There's investment in infrastructure, like roads are better. Like you just, you've seen it happen. Um, and so when you have opposing um, parties at the provincial and the federal level, they don't work together. And I think you're exactly right. Mm. And like, because I think a lot of times the public gets confused with conservative provincial and conservative um, federal. Mm. So they're like, oh, the conservative government in the province got title power going. That's great. Then they're going to vote conservative federal, even though the federal conservatives had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Just because it's like they hear conservative. Yeah. And it's yeah. something that just drives me nuts. Cause I'm like, uh, one, two go blue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's, I, I would definitely agree with that theory mm. more so than the first one. Yeah, and we're so. here for, right here throwing out <laughs> theories, oh. but I honestly, the more I hear myself talk, the more I, I believe more of the second one because Me of what, what happened with the uh, fisheries down the South shore. Absolutely. Um, how they essentially, but like they were like, Oh, you voted conservative. Well then fine. Axe. Yeah. <laughs> we'll allow the sale of this. <laughs> yeah. All good to go. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, even to tie South shore stuff back to, to, um, uh, power generation is there used to be a variety, like, I mean, ten, dozens of, um, hydroelectric dams across the South shore that Nova Scotia power as an entity abandoned, but they, they left them and it has wiped out multiple species of fish that can no longer go upstream to reproduce in the lake. And so where are they now for the, for the environment and for, you know, all the different species of fish and what that means for under like underwater life and things like that. And it's just so interesting that it's, it's green, it's green, it's good for the environment, but then you leave it when you're done with it. Like the old toy you got on Christmas. True. Yeah. So just a quick question for you, Dalton, because I know that you're a maritimer like me and I'm just wondering if this might bring up something for like our maritime listeners, but oh, did it. you have fish, um, like salmon in your classroom growing up? Oh no, we didn't. We, okay. So we grew up with like always having like the classrooms would have like salmon eggs and you do like the life cycle of salmon and everything. And then you'd go to like one of the rivers and release them. And oh. it was like, oh yeah, it was a big thing because they were like, we don't understand why the salmon population is disappearing from rivers across the Maritimes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so they were literally like doing that with, with kids in schools being like, it's a great way to learn life cycles and biology and, and ecosystem yeah. science. And then we can also get them to, <laughs> to grow some fish for us. Yeah, it's like public <laughs> service. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's like uh, kind of going back to the, the initial point with the conservative government as well as, if the pr provincial conservative government were able to get a win on green energy, then that like caused the liberal branding to fall apart on conservatives. They're only here for dirty oil and big business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's game over. Can't have that. Well, I had this conversation the other day with someone who was basically like, I want to vote Pierre Polyev, but I am terrified because of everything that I'm seeing. It's like, He's anti-LGBTQ+. He's anti-environment. He's anti all these things. I'm like, but is that a, is that a case? I'm not going to be like Pierre's fanboy over here, but like let's challenge that for a second. And then when you actually go like pull up clips of him in his interviews, like he's very clearly saying like, no, I think everybody should love whoever they want to love. You know, I'm not here to, to take away established rules and mm. things that, you know, hard-fought freedoms, I think was the quote that he had said. 
And then he's like, yeah, we, we need to be better on the environment. And then he, of course, is like, but the Trudeau carbon tax is awful. <laughs> and it's like, well, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's interesting to watch that media churn out like that, uh, that narrative. And then it works because we're all consuming it. And then it's like, oh, damn, like, do I continue to put up? put up with like this ridiculous government that we have in power right now, or do I go to the unknown that I'm being told is scary? Right. Yeah. That's uh, I mean, that was the interesting thing back in the 2015 election Mm -hmm. when, you know, he's just not ready. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was the branding of Trudeau. Right. And, and that like, I mean, that's, that's the thing with politics period is you have to stoke fear in who your opponent could be um, for the voter. Cause that's the only way you're really going to win a few times, very few times will someone run on hope mm-hmm. um, big, uh, you know, elections regardless of what happened with them in office afterwards, but big elections that kind of stand out are Obama in 08. Yeah. Ran on hope and change. Yes, we can. Yes. Yeah. Mantra. Yep. Exactly. That was another big one. I, I, I think too. Um, and as much as I didn't really like it or sorry, much as I wasn't buying into it at the time, I can see why people got on board with it, was Trudeau's election in 2015. He ran on very similar principles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Harper's always div- sowing divide and this, that, the other. And Well, Harper, one of the things that he did was he gutted so many services yeah. that people were like, what are, what are you going to leave for us? I mean, one of the things that I, because I spent quite a few years working in healthcare, um, epidemiologists in healthcare were just like, he gutted the long form census. Now we can't track disease across our population. Oh. We've completely ruined years worth of data. Um, and so they were just like, he's done that. And then climate scientists said he was just like, nope, sorry, your, your funding's done. So it was just like a lot of that. And everybody's like, oh my God, this is happening. And then you got Trudeau coming in and being like, I'll legalize weed for you. Yeah. Uh, or well, legalize and decriminalize. And mm-hmm. you know, you'll all be happy and stoned and we'll bring back <laughs> yeah. the people that are doing good work. And you're like, wow, that sounds great. <laughs> so I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then he gets into power and he's like, I'm going to spend like it's my own personal credit card. <laughs> oh. And then, yeah, that took away another type of thing for the, the population where we're now we're dealing obviously with like, inflation that we've never seen in our lifetimes oh, yeah. and the bank stocks are just plummeting like i've never seen bank stocks like so low except for like a crash yeah. so right yeah but it's very yeah it's a different like he's done things in his tenure as prime minister that i just didn't think were possible right it's like exceptionally bad yeah like he's done like he's really good at being bad yeah uh, we have to go back to that like comment that i sent you today though um, oh, gee. <laughs> like thinking about some of the things that Trudeau did and then thinking about our current strike, yeah. one of the comments that was on the video, like actually showing the strike was basically uh, them saying, I wonder if they'll freeze the bank accounts of the strike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're blocking roadways. Yeah. They're blocking all kinds of ports and stuff recently. Yep. Uh, port of entries. Yep. Almost like exactly what's happening during the convoy. Uh, and then more so. And we're not talking about freezing things. Yeah. Cool. Where's the emergency measures? Yeah, How, where's the emergency Bring time? them in. Yeah. <laughs> Mow them down on Barrington. That's what they would be asking if it was on the other way, right? Get them out of here. Get well, the horses just, out. If it was the other way, I think they would absolutely try and run them over with their vehicles. Oh, 100% that would happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. S- saw that happen a few times. Anyways, yeah. When it comes to protest, when it comes to trying to get the public on your side, you know, uh, protest in a, a lawful manner to the, for the most part in terms of you want to cause a little bit of disruption to get attention on yourselves that's the point yeah that's yeah. the point yeah. but the goal is to cause just enough disturbance to get attention and then try to get the masses on your side of like why you're fighting for your fight for yeah yes the type of protest 
the workers right now, the Canadian government running at the moment, is just further alienating the population from them, and they're not going to they're not going to win any credit. Yeah, and the and the we all know the media is not going to do them any favors. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Something fun we should do in a future segment of this show is actually like, what are the elements of a good protest? What makes a good protest? Because then you could actually look at like. What happened with BLM? What happened with the truckers? What happened with like um, a lot of the protests that we saw like during COVID, and then even look at this one in, in future. So just have have a little bit of a deep dive because it might be interesting. There might be things we could learn. That'd be effective. Mm. Absolutely. Well, that was fantastic. Gee. But the one thing it was that came up earlier this week, which I thought was really interesting, was the new mortgage rules they're instituting down south of the border starting in May. So in a, about a week now. Or sorry, actually, by the time this yeah, airs, it'll be, it'll be game on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we pulled that article there, Philip. You know the CMHC is going to be rules. looking at that. Yeah. Oh, they're going to be like yeah. studying it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, exactly, right? And this came up as like a tweet, right, from the Michael Burry stock tracker. And it says, starting May 1st, home buyers with a credit score of 680 or higher uh, will pay a higher mortgage rate to subsidize the cost for home buyers with a lower credit score. The new rule appears to punish home buyers with a strong financial position. And this was a kind of a screenshot of a Fox report. It says a 620 FICO score gets a 1.75% fee discount. 740 FICO score pays a 1% fee. And yes, you did hear that right. Yeah. Yeah. As in, <laughs> if you're doing better in the credit game, <laughs> you're getting penalized. Sucks to suck. Okay. Yeah. So. That does suck. But one thing I want to like go back to, if we think about it, it's like, who is determining these credit scores? Mm. Like we have private industries that are determining what your credit score is. And I know from my own credit scores, because like I just bought a house recently. And so it's been very top of mind. And one of the things I was looking at, it's like, if you open an account and then pay it off, that negatively impacts your credit score. Yes. But if you keep just enough balance on there that you're constantly feeding the bank, you know, Sorry. their interest, that's a positive for your credit score. So it's like, I think that if they're going to change the mortgage structure, they need to change the credit score rating structure because I don't think that the people who are running the credit score um, um, scoring system, whatever that card is, and that they're not releasing, it's it's proprietary information that they're not releasing to the public. They don't tell you how they score you. They just say, here's the things that kind of go into the soup and, and we'll, we'll give you a score at the end of it. Um, they're not releasing that to the public. So if they're going to make something that's going to impact your life so dramatically, like there's got to be some some reckoning for that, I think. I definitely agree. I think there's a big part of it too with the story because as you said, the 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 people who essentially make the rules on your credit score are also reaping the benefits. Oh yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, why is there a lack of transparency? Why don't we know how this all works? Obviously it's, you know, designed for us to be stupid. Right. <laughs> and not be aware of what's happening. And it's like, Hey, I keep paying things off. And I mean, I'll talk to you know, uh, what was it story that happened personally where, um, I had a friend who just had like a lot of debt and he paid it all off and, uh, Oh no, sorry. I'm sorry, it would happen to my brother-in-law where they were raised on, you know, you're never supposed to have a credit card. Credit is bad. Credit is the devil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'll get you and your, and your mom too. And, and so he just, you know, went through life just always paying things on his debit card, debit card, debit card all the time until he came to the point where he wanted to buy a house. And there's like, you can't, we're not giving you a mortgage, dog. And he's like, why not? It's like, because you don't have any credit history. He's like, 
but I've been paying everything in cash my whole life. Isn't that a good thing? And they're like, no. Yeah. We want to track you. We want to know what your buying habits are like. We want to understand how you deal with debt and keep paying money to us. And it, it shocked his system, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And he then had to spend two years trying to build up a credit like profile, profile. so that he could then buy a house. That's the yeah. system for you. It doesn't make sense. You know, it does make sense. It's to, to a keep, degree. It's yeah. to keep the banks collecting money, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yep, exactly. It's one of those things that I think we talked about the three of us over, over dinner the other night. It's like the banks are not your friend. Like they're yes. there to make money and they have their advisors, right? Their financial people that are there to then make as much money as humanly possible off you and to sell you different credit instruments and, and uh, investment instruments to continue that money flow, give you enough that you won't revolt, but keep that money flowing in so that the shareholders of the bank are, are happy. Dude, we were talking about this before the show where I, I had a moment today that I was, I got so angry. I got so <laughs> you angry today. Angry? Yeah, what? How dare I, I, got angry. <laughs> I would never imagine <laughs> that. <laughs> I got a, I got a text from my sister and she's like, Hey Josh, have you ever heard of easy financial? Oh no. <laughs> That's what I said. Oh, no. That's what I said, too. Think about the word easy. Yeah. If it's got easy, like, that's never been a good descriptor. No. Like, exactly. Mm. And so, Why is it so easy? Yeah. <laughs> people, credit, like, no. Yeah. And so I was like, what's going on? Like, what's happening? And she was just like, yeah, just, you know, essentially, unfortunately, it's that time of year. So my, my sister got absolutely ravaged by the CRA, had to pay out a bunch of money, and didn't know what to do and so obviously then had to pull out a loan or looking to pull out a loan to kind of pay her her, her tax bill essentially and she called me and was like hey so these are the only guys that will give me a loan at the moment um just wondering have you heard of them what's up and i was like so they're not a bank they are a loan company payday loans essentially what they are yeah, with a nice shark. with nice packaging yep and make it look like they care about you and i was like what was did you talk to them yet? And she's like, yeah, I just got off the phone with like a representative. And I was like, okay, so what's, what's the interest they're charging you? Get ready. 46%. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh heck no. I, that was the moment I was like, all right, I'm just going to pull money off of my line of credit and I'll give it to you at a certain interest rate. And that will be dramatically better than 46%. Yeah. And I was like, I, Brianna, I'm so happy that you called me because like I would have been so mad if a member of my household got caught up in that type of scheme because I would feel like a failure as a brother in that scenario. Yeah. That you think that you had to go to that to before you could come to me. And you, so. you think about like who they're targeting to. Yeah. Like they're targeting people, one who may not know or, you know, just might not have that like financial background. Yep. They're targeting people who are desperate. They're targeting people who are, you know, poor. And then they just keep them in these cycles of poverty. And it's just, I think they're criminal. I don't think they, they I should I think exist. they are criminal. But, I don't know how they exist. But the problem is, is like, when you think about like the necessity of it all, it comes back to that question of credit score. Who's determining the credit score? Who's saying that you can lend yeah. money, right? And so if the bank is saying, they're turning up their nose and saying, no, we're not going to lend to you. Um, what do you do in that situation? Yeah, You're stuck with this massive bill and... The CRA is like, you got to pay it. But I do think, though, in that case, like, you actually don't have to pay the CRA back, like, immediately. Like, it's something that they'll actually work out over time and just 
you know, mm-hmm. they'll charge you like the whatever interest rate of the day, but it's still better than 46%. Yeah. I think with the CRA, you have to file for an installment, yeah. but it's not always approved. Like they didn't approve my installment when it happened to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, which I thought was, then I had to do the same thing. I had to go get a line of credit. Well, that's interesting because it's like, well, then what do you do if like you just can't, you're like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was, de- I was 18. You, you declined me my installments and I can't pay it back. I can't make money come out of nowhere. So I'm go not fly sure a kite. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right. Can't print none. Go talk to Ukraine. I hear they have some money flying around, you know. See what Zelensky has to say about that. Yeah. Well, isn't he being audited? Yeah, uh, for yeah. embezzlement. Yeah, that's terrible. So two theories on that. Mm-hmm. One, dude was like, there's a lot of money coming in. I'm doing a lot of work. I'm going to just take a little bit for myself. Yeah. Second theory is this all like propaganda that he's being investigated for embezzlement? It's like he's actually innocent and he, it's just a distraction. Because oh, he's are equally plausible. Yeah, Either. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I lean towards it being actually criminal because there's been so much uh, corruption coming out of Ukraine since like 2014 with the United States. And it goes way, way back to like, yeah, Obama's term, the stuff that was going on with Ukraine and the U.S. And I have... I do believe there's a lot of money embezzlement going on between the two countries. Yeah, where was Hunter Biden hiding out? Wasn't well, he like well, over in yeah, Europe somewhere? Yeah, well, like Biden's got a whole entanglement with with Ukraine as well. Yeah, oh, yeah the Clinton a, Foundation used to sell, uh, um, I think, it was radium to Russia. Yep. Um. So. <laughs> and then yeah, Hunter was on the board of an energy company in Ukraine. Right. 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 Yeah. That's how that all and, worked and out. And he's on quotes saying we have to pay the big guy. Yeah, not not him, but there was yeah. Uh, so, sorry, someone was on quote saying we have to pay the big guy. Mm-hmm. Talking about Biden. Yeah, so, yeah. It's like I think there's some yeah, embezzlement going <laughs> Are on. You kidding? <laughs> so billions and billions, and then you found out with all the stuff that happened with the Discord chat and oh, yeah, oh, the fact that it was in a Discord chat. I yeah. know, isn't that wild? How 2023? <laughs> but just to hear like that, we're like getting just absolutely wrecked over there, and we keep funding this cause. It's yeah. crazy. And meanwhile, we have the worst homelessness crisis that we've ever had. Like, and even let's say we 100% take the side of the people on strike right now. Mm. Let's say we 100% unequivocally agree with them. And we see the money we're giving to Ukraine as Canadians. Say we had no other better, say housing, healthcare, everything was fixed. And all we need to do was pay these people. He still gave it to Ukraine. True. As if there aren't other issues that we need to fix, like healthcare and housing. Shout out Courtney yeah. Boyce on that one too. It's interesting that like, I can totally understand where you'd be like, okay, you've got these well-paid civil servants. You've got an active war zone with people like dying and, and in the streets, basically their, their homes are being bombed. It's like, I could see wanting to give money to like put out the biggest fire, you know, from a global community kind of standpoint. But right now it's like, even when you think about like the Ukrainians that are coming to Canada, they're still on the streets. They're still without yeah. homes. They're still like, struggling to like make it through our system. I was in the emergency room um, two weeks ago and oh, same and oh, twins. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I was in the emergency room and this Ukrainian couple, like they were struggling to use our healthcare system. Yeah. Like they oh, had, yeah. they, they had two nurse, nurses tied up trying to like figure out how to help them. And I was like, how is this, how is this good? How is this a, a model for like, Welcome to Canada. <laughs> you know, we're, we're bringing you here with open arms. We're going to save the day kind of thing. I just think it's, it's kind of made it a mess. Yeah. I mean, maybe now sleep on the floor to merge. Yeah. yeah. Welcome. Maybe yeah. they could have started a chocolate company. Who knows? 
So. Ooh. Oh, you've always take it there. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> Why? It's true. He's traveling the world right now. Yeah. Good for him. I'm happy for him. I Super mean, stoked for you him. should be happy with that. That's a small business that, that made it made it successful. Totally. Don't be one of those maritimers that hates on success of other maritimers. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm not doing that. My point is the fact that they keep tr- Justin Trudeau keeps pointing to stats from 2016 of look at the Canadian dream and look what he's doing to immigrants today. Yeah, that's that's fair. my that's my issue with it. Yeah, yeah, he didn't immigrate to here right now. He did it at the beginning of Trudeau's. Yeah, when things were terror. still going decently. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so like as I said, I, no hate to him. I have no issue with the the life he's provided for his family through coming to Canada. I think that's fantastic. I think it's a great success story. Yeah, it's just the constant like even today still Trudeau will bring him to oh Biden's in Ottawa. Let's yeah. bring him out. Look what the success story we've done here in Canada. The one dude that was seven years ago. What like six years yeah. ago? Like bro, starting a business is like the one of the most daunting things you could do. Absolutely, and so now. Someone say moves here from Ukraine, they can't even find a house. <laughs> how can you start a business if you don't even have a house? Exactly. How, how do you, where do you run the business out of <laughs> if you don't even have anywhere to live? Start a SaaS company, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Become a tech bro. Oh, yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, you make a very good point. It's things are drastically different than they were back in 2015. And uh, yeah. But you know the media machine. As soon as one of the uh, Ukrainian refugees starts Does a something, oh, they're gonna be like, "Look at the success that we had!" And it's like, meanwhile, like you, thousands are yeah. on the street. Right. When uh, when the whole Ukraine thing started, I guess now that we're going on almost a year, aren't we? Yeah, yep. over a year now. Over, over a year. It was around this time though. Last year, I had a couple um, properties that were for lease. And they obviously go very quickly. <laughs> but I had a call from a Ukrainian woman who was on the phone crying and just like begging, will you will you pick me? Will you pick me? And I was like, what do I do? Like, what a moral dilemma. I was like, someone else got it. Like, I, I feel like, ah, yeah. what do I do? I, this isn't my problem to fix. But I just thought, wow, like you came here and now you're crying to find somewhere to live. Is that better? Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess you're not in a war-torn country, but you're homeless. I don't yeah. know if that's better. Totally. It's a good thing the federal bu- budget has a lot in there on housing and homelessness. Drew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good for them. I'm really happy for them. <laughs> yeah. We look at on paper, don't we? <laughs> We're the Canadian dream, baby. Well, that's yeah. obviously we look good on paper. Otherwise, they wouldn't come here. We must look good on paper. Yeah. Oh, we look amazing on paper, dude. It's also just like we also float. We continue to hold on to the... The little bit that's left of like the West is dominant, and mm. we ride that wave. Where it's like, come, it's, it's obviously better in the West. Come like on, white knighting right? the whole situation. Well, it's yeah. that egalitarian like right mantra that where we're just like, oh yeah, like we have freedom, people are cared for. Yeah, it's like, are they? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you look at like the Scandinavian countries, and you're like, mm, that looks more like what people being cared for looks like. Oh, Philip liked that one. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Norway. Why did I move here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. You're on the street too, aren't you? No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> that was the moment. You caught that? Did you catch that? That Josh actually used his filter. Oh. Didn't say something he wanted to say. Oh my gosh. Look at him go. You've you've elevated yourself. Oh, oh my gosh. Gee, let's go. But back to what, what the original point was, um, them raising rates on people who are doing having a good credit score when you're trying to get a mortgage. Right. 
what the heck is going on with that, bro? Like that, like that is bonkers to me. And yeah. I'm trying to understand the thought process. And I'm not, I'm talking about the thought process in general, whether it be nefarious or not. What is the thought process of trying to, unless it's, I mean, under the guise of, we're trying to bring equity to the system. Uh, right. That's yeah, the it, advertised. Yeah. It right. feels very like tax the rich, but it's like, oh, yeah. it's not the rich. Yeah. They're going to be affected. <laughs> That's the middle class. And you're, you're really just bringing the middle class farther out of the middle class and creating more of a divide too amongst the classes oh yeah Definitely. absolutely it's like how do you pit each other uh, how do you pit them against each other it, it, it's like the people who are going to be affected with i think with 740 or above mm-hmm. are going to be as i would too angry at the system and angry at those that i think maybe should have a higher credit score but don't and are benefiting from the system and so it would be it would be hard for me to not separate my anger and judgment rightfully so when you're paying an extra point on an already expensive home mm-hmm. um so the, obviously that's concerning and to your point it's yeah it's not the elite the elite have holding companies on holding companies that hold these mortgages that are not going to be impacted by these rules at all trusts own half their properties anyway yeah yeah rich people elite people own nothing they own one share to a company that owns a trust and they're so That's happy and, and that company is based out of the caymans yeah out of the bahamas yeah out of panama like. it doesn't even <laughs> exist here yeah there's a revocable trust that means whatever you want to do to it they can snap their finger and it doesn't exist so it, it, it it's just gonna like everyday people have a 740 credit score that's, that's not absurd that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, I have over 740. Yeah. I'm assuming you both probably do as well. I yeah. think so. Yeah. So it's like an an extra point on my mortgage could mean a lot to someone like me. Yeah. That would mean. Especially on houses like a million dollars. Like, God yeah. forbid you just bought a, well, for, you, for example, I, I did you just, just bought a home. I did in, just buy in, a in HRM. And they're expensive here. An extra point on that mortgage completely skews your affordability. Why is it an extra point, bro? 1.75. Right. And that could actually. Oh, I thought it said one point fee. One point if you are below. You get one yeah. point d- d- uh, deduction. 1.75. And 1.7. Sorry, my bad. Sorry, my bad. 1.75 discount. One point. Yeah, 1% fee. Yeah, you're right. 1%. Yeah. Still. Yeah. 1% still yeah. a lot of money on five, six hundred thousand yeah. dollars. And when you think about that, like that could affect your debt ratio because that was the big thing that. Like, yes, it will. We were, that we were kind of like struggling with was the fact that we were like, okay, we have these student loans that are interest-free right. that we could pay off with our, with our savings, but it doesn't make any sense for us to do that because it's, we're free, not, money. We're, it's free money. Like, why would we do that? Yeah. I can, I can stick my money into an investment account and have it make me more and the, yes. just pay the bare minimum over time to my student loan. But yes. because the banks were like, no, 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 we count that as a part of your debt ratio. Um, you need to pay it off. We need we need you to get rid of it. Yeah. Because in Canada, the only the one credit product that you cannot go bankrupt with is a student loan. Yeah. You cannot file bankruptcy right. without paying a student loan. You have to pay it. It will it will exist post bankruptcy. Yeah. That's not man. It's um it's crony capitalism. Agreed. Yeah, it's like yeah. they sell you the, again. They sell you the dream of like, yeah, you're, a you're free d- profit in the free market and all this stuff. And it's like, well, it's not even that. I'm just talking about just students who are coming out. It's like you get a degree, you'll be, oh. guaranteed, be guaranteed a job, which obviously people see through now, as clear as day now. That but was like, the sales pitch, though. But yeah, late late aughts, that was still like people believed in that. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I got this degree, I'll be good. Gee, that's all I need—the piece of paper, and I'll have a six-figure career in finance. And I just still find it interesting that the people who complain about their student loans still keep going to school. Because you're told again, 
they're like get a higher level yeah yeah true so because i i have a master's degree and one of the things that i was told was like you have to realize it's credentialism like your your undergrad is now equivalent to your high school but the master's now that is something that's going to be like that's that's going to set you apart and you're like oh okay i'll go get a master's and so you did and then you go back out and you're like God damn it. That was a total lie. <laughs> you needed a PhD LOL. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like You're looking at my doctor. <laughs> yeah. I was looking at my uh, younger brother and he was like just started a job and he has his undergrad. And uh, I'm like bro, you're making like only three grand less than I'm making. And I have like oh, <laughs> I have two no. degrees. I have a certificate in, in no. like project management. And I was like what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> what are you a sandwich artist? Over here? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Tough times, man. Nonprofits. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're serving the people. Uh, right here for it, man. Keep keep serving the people, dude. Uh, I I do enjoy it. I do enjoy the work that I do. I just I think I would enjoy it a little bit more if it just like up the pay a bit. But yeah, it's a true maybe I should go on strike. You know. Yeah. Oh, true. True. Yeah. true. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Get on. But yeah, no, I, I definitely think that's a good point. Uh, I mean, Trudeau said that and he gave himself a raise. So I think we. I think it works. Yeah. Just, uh, just manifest it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Make vision boards or, or print money, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, true. Whoever's closer to the printer gets all the money. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh gosh, dude. I was actually something that Keegan brought up on the show once upon a time that like, I still sticks with me. And that's a great point. I know it's like a well-known fact, but it's just, it's always stuck with me. Mm. It's like whoever's closest to the printer yeah. gets the biggest benefit because they're not affected by the inflation that they created. No, nope. absolutely. Right. So yeah, they balling. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be printing that sucker, putting that all into Bitcoin, baby. Let's go. Yeah, Trudeau's not hard up for money. No, he's in the slightest. Yeah, he's doing a okay. Yeah. Well, didn't he inherit the whole Castro fortune? Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! I still can't believe this hour's twenty-two minutes brought that up. I know that was iconic. Oh, you really just said that to his face. Yeah. <laughs> Real talk, man. Well, as we wind down here. We got a, we took a question from one of the homies out here. Oh, I love it. And not even a question. It was actually a comment from our last episode. And, uh, from our guy, Rick. Yeah, boy, Rick. Shout out, Rick, man. Shout out, Rick, man. I mean, I'll be honest. Yeah, it was, uh, I appreciate the criticism the way he did it. We've talked about this on the show before. Yeah, he could have been way, way more rude. Yeah. But, was, I mean, it was hey, level headed. We'll read it. It was level headed and it made sense. This is from Rick. He says, I understand where she tried to go with the conversation with Adriana last week. But she needs to take a second to compose her thoughts. Hope you guys give her some tips. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, dog. I have no tips to give because I'm not that good at it either. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Took me three years to stop saying I'm um, so much. Like, who am I to, to give anyone tips on? Cut half of them out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. True. Yeah, Philip just still edits our arms and nods. Yeah, yeah. That's the only reason why we had stopped doing them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. But yeah, no, Rick, uh, we uh, thank you for commenting. We appreciate it. It is seen. And uh, as we said before. I hope you feel seen, Rick. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not even being facetious on that. I'm like, generally, we've talked about it before. As long as people aren't mean, you can criticize us all you want. And, oh. Or criticize our guests all you want. Like, that's fine. That's okay. Um, as long as you do it respectfully, we're okay here for it. Yeah. Well, because that's the thing, right, is respectful criticism is caring. Yeah. It's actually very helpful. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because like when you think about people who just like, you got people who like absolutely love the show that are going to give you all the positive comments and that's amazing. Yeah. And then you got people who just like give you mindless hate and you're like, great. You know, you just needed to vent the f- about Yeah, we were the re- we were the strong you were the conduit. Today. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out early P. Yeah. yeah. But then when you get the Oh no. <laughs> Poor guy. 
But then when you get those people that are just like, I'm taking a couple seconds because I think like, yeah, this could have been better. Like that's somebody who actually cares. Yeah. So, so exactly. Respect those. Yeah. People. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to let us know. Respectful, Rick. Truth. And they, and they, yeah, it's true. Probably Adriana. She she told us that she was right. Yeah, she, she was, told us that she yeah. something she struggles with, and uh, and we could have done better as interviewers. So I think she she was twenty one. Yeah, I mean like it comes with time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it also just comes with time. Exactly. Yeah. Well, what was everybody else doing at twenty one? Right. So dude, I was making millions out here. I don't yeah. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he does drive a Tesla. So. Yeah. <laughs> Josh went on strike once too. Let's talk about that. Dude. Loser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Best time of my life. <laughs> Should we uh, tell that story? What? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll we'll end off the show with this story of when I went on strike. When I uh, back when I lived in Toronto, worked for Parks and Rec, and we are part of the same union as the garbage people, and sanitation. Uh, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> the sanitation engineers. <laughs> my bad. And uh, so I just worked, you know, summer camps. Essentially, was what I was doing as a student. In one summer, one greasy, hot summer in Toronto, all the garbage people were just like, yeah, so we're going on strike. And so we had to go on strike with them. And it was a disgusting summer. There's garbage in the streets. <laughs> oh, I remember brutal. hearing about that. It was oh. brutal, bro. So anyways, the only way we could make some money that summer and salvage what we could get was the union would pay us to pick it. And so we, as like... You know, my coworkers at the time was like, all right, well, how do we make the most of the situation? And we ended up finding a hack. So we did is like we had to go to like a site every every night and they kind of like disperse us like, you're going to be at this site, you're going to be at this site. And so we always made sure we got the night shift and we always did overnight. And we asked them to put us in the most remote place they could find. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what we did every night. We can only pick it. They only allowed us to pick it like four nights a week. And so that's what I was, was doing midnight to 6 a.m. picketing. And we're just in the middle of like, you know, middle of Toronto, but no one's going there. Like it's like where they park their trucks, for example, is one of the scenarios where mm. like, all right, it's a side of town. No one's really traveling in. So no one's going to be coming checking on us. So we just played football night, played chess, played some cards, cranked some music. And that's what I did. The, the garbage strike summer was just <laughs> do, do all nighters. I love it. For the cause. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I was like, but yeah, they paid us $400 a night. A night? Wow. Dude. Uh, oh. Yeah. It was Wait, like, that's wow. sick. It was significant money. That's sick. So I was like, yeah, fair enough. So I'll take it. There you go. So. 400 bucks each? Yeah. I'm like, hey, those union dudes went somewhere at least. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> wow. Gee. So, uh, so, uh, mate, so I'm, I don't know. I'm curious if uh, any of the government workers are picketing right now. I wonder if they're getting paid for it. Oh, it, there was comments about $75 a day or something like that. So, gee, I don't know. Is this Nigeria? I don't gee. know. It's going to be <laughs> brutal. Don't know if it's a lot. Yeah, that's tough, man. So how long, I guess that poses an interesting question is how long can they go until they need the money? That's a good question. Like, I guess it depends on what kind of salary so, you have yeah. to, to start with. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, it's going to be, a, oh, that's, that could get ugly really quick. Like, how long do you go until like, you start... <laughs> facing the ramifications of being on strike and not getting full salary seriously well one of the comments that came out was like they're like we want trudeau to come speak to the protesters yeah <laughs> it's like oh i heard that, that before ain't go- that ain't gonna happen <laughs> good luck what? <laughs> when you figure out how to make that happen like maybe it's chartering a par- private jet to tofino i hear he likes it there oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or you uh, you know you might get a drastic case of covid in here soon so yeah who knows? yeah yeah 
that's right. That was like I when I go to college. Andrew Scholes's uh, stand up on Trudeau was probably my favorite during that time. Oh, right. I don't think I heard it. No, I didn't either. All right, we're gonna end the show with this one. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Scholes talks Justin Trudeau in Toronto, essentially. Those who've heard it before, enjoy this again. This is great. And those who haven't, enjoy. Oh, so, wow. Let's be honest, when Trudeau uh, did the Punjabi face, and <laughs> what was more offensive? Did he put on the turban or he made y'all dark skin? Which was more offensive? <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of Punjabis in the group chat, like, yo, how the fuck are you gonna make us Sri Lankan, bro? This is crazy. <laughs> We're from the north of India. We're fair skinned. <laughs> we light skinned Indians over here. Get it right, Trudeau. Come <laughs> on, oh, this guy, Trudeau. Shut the fuck up, this guy. Does anybody, I, I mean, I, does anybody like him? Nobody likes him, right? I know, that's funny. Scared of some truckers. You saw that shit. Oh, they have COVID. I can't come out of here. <laughs> you fucking pussy, dude. What a fucking pussy. Dude, what a pussy. His dad would be so embarrassed, dude. Because Fidel Castro was all about protests. <laughs> Yo. You know what I got to say? It's, it's been really nice to watch uh, Toronto get its confidence. Because when I started coming here, you guys were like polite, sweet, you know, Canadians, apologetic about everything, but just like so accommodating. And now you're just fucking Jamaican. And, and that's great. And that's great. I remember this on TikTok. Watch yeah. one top boy and we're all Jamaican. It doesn't matter who it is. Little white kids like, fam, fam. Come on, fam. Fam, they got them at Timmy's. Come on, fam. Reach Timmy's, they got them is wet and horny, fam. Come on, fam. Sure. <laughs> that's true. Right yeah, <laughs> that's but great. Absolutely iconic. True, but Spadina McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> iconic. Yeah. Oh man, but yeah. So uh, thank you all for joining us for another episode. It was fantastic to have all of you. Um, so those who are members, we'll see you on Thursday one more time. Um, but whatever it is you're doing, whether you be trying title bore rafting, oh my gosh, or not working on your credit score, or picketing. Oh, true. We're forgetting your camera. Oh, <laughs> true. Whatever it is you're doing. Wherever you are. We love you. We're it. out. Peace.